I don't know about you, but, you know, I just, as I, as I kind of just uh, um, encounter the Lord and really just kind of like um, get with the Lord, I, I really appreciate um, the Bible. How many love God's Word? Amen. I love God's Word. How many believe that God's Word is going to be here when we're long gone? Amen. It's been here from the, the Bible says, even before the beginning of time. And you can build your life on the Word of God. And there's so many uh, enemies right now, kind of things that are happening that are coming against the Scriptures. But how many believe that um, the God that, uh, you know, really created this world is the God that gave us the Scriptures, and He's the God of the Bible, right? And I believe the Bible to be true. And I don't, I don't trip over, you know, Scriptures that I don't understand. I just say, Lord, I believe in You, and I trust that You're going to show me what that means. And if You don't, I'm still going to believe in You. Amen. And uh, we believe in the power of God's word, more importantly, in this church. And uh, how many can honestly say that my life has been changed just by reading the Bible? Amen. Just by, just by hearing, not just hearing sermons, but by reading the word of God and, and uh, the knowledge of God. And one of the things I appreciate about when I read the Bible and, and getting filled up with really the knowledge of God is that the knowledge of God just somehow kind of unlocks my pursuit of God. The more I read scriptures and when I, you know, read, uh, you know, really just all the whole word, it's not just, it's an Old and New Testament, I just feel like uh, there's just something about it that just brings hope in my heart, amen? How many believe that? Just brings hope in your life, in your heart, and you're like, man, I want to live that truth out. I don't wanna just uh, want to discover it, I want to live that out, and there's just something that happens that, man, the more I get into the word of God, the more I want to pursue God, the more I want to do what God wants me to do. The more I want to obey God. Come on, somebody. The more I, my heart isn't for, you know, confused and we're not, you know, it's just, I don't get double-sided. I, I just, I feel like the more I get into the word, the clearer God becomes to me. Amen. The more I begin to love God. How many can honestly say, man, the more I get into God's word, the more I love God. Amen. And uh, because there's power in God's word. How many believe that? power in God's word. And I also believe that the mission for us is found in God's word. But I've also discovered this, that there's great contention over the word of God. How many believe that? There's great contention over the word of God. But I believe that uh, I've made up my mind that I'm going to be a Christian that believes in the word of God no matter what. I'm going to build my life on the word. I'm going to trust in this word no matter what. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away. That's a prophecy. Will pass away. But Jesus said, my words will never pass away. Aren't you glad that you're building your life on something that's eternal? Amen. That just, amen, just powerful and eternal. I love that about the Word of God. So um, this morning we just want to talk, continue to talk about the gospel encounter, just having an encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, something that I, I was reading a few uh, weeks ago and just saw something that really stood out to me. I want to bring this truth out today about uh, the knowledge of God, the Word of God. Amen. How many believe that well, the gospel of Jesus Christ is about the knowledge of God? Amen. It just educates you about who God is and, and what God's intentions are and how he loves us and his plan for us. And uh, really, I love that about the word of God. But it's just the gospel that comes into our lives that really lets us know and educates us about who God is. And I think it's important that as Christians, we continue to put forth the knowledge of God. In other words, we continue to, to let people know who God is. I mean, that's important. 
Amen. Too many people have this, what we used to call a high steeple, few people, first church of the frigid air mentality. Amen. Where it's us for no more. And then here we are. If you need us, come get us. Right. But how many know that's not what the Bible teaches. Amen. That we're to go and we're to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. We're, we're, to, we're to declare who God is. Amen. We're to declare who God is in the face of Jesus Christ or through what Jesus did at Calvary. We're to educate people and let people know there is a God that he loves you. He knows you. He has a wonderful plan for your life and that plan is eternal relationship with him. Amen. And so I believe that so, so much in my life and so, so much that I see in the scriptures. But again, there is a resistance, isn't there? There is an opposition against the knowledge of God. There is an opposition against uh, what God wants us to do and the mission of Jesus and the earth today. Anyways, let's get into the word. Today, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, or sorry, chapter 10. So if you'll turn or click there, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm going to start in verse 3. And I'm just going to be reading out of the King James this morning. Um, so it says in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Or we're in this body, this physical body or this physical realm. We do not war after according to the way that other uh, humans do. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the what? pulling down of strongholds. How many believe that? Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Verse 6, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and giving a tremendous principle and about the gospel of Jesus Christ, but about something very specific here. Now, one of the things we have to understand, and we well, actually we know a lot of Christians, is that we are in a fight. How many believe that? How many can see that? That we're in a fight. There's three things important to understand about this fight. Number one, it's the unseen struggle. It's the unseen struggle. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we need to put on the whole armor of God that we can stand strong and save, right, against the strategies and tactics of Satan. Amen. How many believe that, right, of Satan? And then he goes on to say in verse 12, we know it very well, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, right, how many believe that? And against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. High places is what it says. Unseen rulers and satanic powers. We're wrestling against it. This is the unseen struggle that we have or we face as a Christian. Right? We believe that this is the unseen struggle. How many know there's a struggle going on that you, won't, you can't see, but nevertheless, there's a war that's going on in the spirit realm. Right? We believe that. And so the Bible teaches that. We know that, of course. I don't have to go into that. But it is the inward battle, but it also is the cultural battle. And we find out that it is a universal battle. How many believe that spiritual darkness is fighting a battle universally, right? Not just against uh, Christians in Pennsylvania, Christians in the United States, but everyone who names the name of Christ, they are waging a war against the church of God, come on, against, and against God himself. How many of the audacity of that? How many, know, it's not just bold to do that, it's stupid to do that, but they're doing it anyways, right? But it says this, that we don't wrestle, but we wrestle against principalities and powers in where? High places, 
high places. Think about it. There's the inward battle, the cultural battle, and the universal battle. The second thing we know about this is that we know the real enemy, right? The real enemy. The Bible says that we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, people, other people. That's not where your fight is. Sorry, I'm ruining your podcast. That's not where your fight is. Your fight is against principalities and powers that you can't see. Nevertheless, they're real. They're fighting against you. They're warring against you, right? And against the church of Jesus Christ and against Jesus himself. Amen. Now, we know Jesus can take care of himself, right? Amen. But nevertheless, they're still standing against him. They're still fighting. They've already lost that battle at Calvary, but they're still willing to try to fight that battle so they can try to gain some people in the process. Amen. And so we have to understand, of course, that we're not wrestling against people. We don't fight against people, opinions, beliefs, and behaviors or words, all these things, just, just to argue and fight against people. It's deeper than that, right? So we have a real enemy, and our enemy is Satan himself, right? And, 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 all, and all the principalities, the Bible says, plural, and these powers, plural, rulers, plural, of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. This is our real enemy. And the third thing we learn about this is that we learn here that we don't uh, use our own weapons, but we use God's weapons. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says that though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So how I many you know we don't use you know, machine guns and things like that, knives and guns, we don't go after. Why? Because it's not in this world. It's not against other people. It's against spiritual powers. And so the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world, but the Bible says on the contrary, the opposite, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. Amen. To bring down strongholds, to tear down strongholds. And so you may be fighting with some people now, but how many know the real fight is against spiritual wickedness? Right? That's your real fight. It's not with people. Jesus himself said that if people don't, uh, if they don't listen to my words, he said they're not disobeying me, they're disobeying my Father who sent me. If people hate you, Jesus said, they don't really hate you, they hate me. That's what Jesus said. The one you represent, that's what they don't like. How many know what I'm talking about? So some, when you go and you talk about the Lord and you talk about you know, what the Bible says and about, you know, of course, uh, whatever you're talking about, all of a sudden people just get really, really mad. But how many know they're not really mad at you, they're mad at the one you're talking about? Because some people, listen, they don't struggle with the church, they struggle with Jesus, the struggle is not with Christians, their struggle is with the Father. Come on. I mean, I believe that. Amen. Their struggle isn't with, you know, I don't like what the Bible says here and I don't believe in speaking in tongues. That's not their struggle. Their struggle is with the Word of God. Amen. So you got to understand that. And, and we, we do understand that, don't we? But they're God's weapons. And how many know that because we, uh, this fight is a, with satanic powers, the weapons that God gives us are mighty. In other words, they're stronger than any opposition to the word of God. The weapons that God has given us are stronger than anything the enemy can throw at us. 
Oh, I don't know. I believe in a lot of spiritual wickedness and power. Listen, don't put your faith in darkness. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he's already defeated the powers of hell and death. He's already overcome Satan, reduced him to less than zero. He's given that power now to us. You've got to exercise that power. And we do that in worship and prayer through the reading of God's word, through the preaching of God's word. Amen. That we, as the Bible says, we tear these things down. We cast these things down, right? How many believe that? I don't know. Some of you might have got beat up by the devil this week. I don't know. But amen. How many know we've got more power than the devil? Come on. Someone needs to say that. I got more power than the devil. Amen. Any opposition, the weapons that God has given us is stronger, mightier. Amen. So that they pull down strongholds. Amen. That's how mighty they are, aren't they? They're powerful, aren't they? So we know that. But notice the language that the Bible uses and talks about something here. It says that we wrestle. In in Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy and talks about a warfare. And he uses this language of battle and struggle, contending and opposition. He talks about this, this fight that we're in. How many believe that? And he uses this language. Why does he use this language? Because there, if there's a fight, if there's a battle, if there's a war, how many believe there's a target? The enemy does not just kind of just, just throw things every once in a while. It's, it's on purpose. There is a direct purpose. When he went to, came to, the, uh, to Eve in the Garden of Eden, how many just wasn't like, oh, Eve, let's have a conversation. Uh, I'm weird bumping in you to this morning. We're both at the same tree. Isn't this weird? Yeah, it's kind of weird. No. He directly and specifically targets things. Can people? Come on. Amen. And so the Bible says that he's like a roaring lion who goes about seeking whom he may devour. How many know lions and prey are always on a target? Right? And so he, what is the target, as the Bible says? If there's spiritual powers and, all, and, and, and powers of wickedness and, and darkness, what is their target? Well, he gives us a key right here. And he says this in verse 5. He says that we're casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself, what? Against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is the target for the enemy. Have you ever read that that way? Or we just kind of cruise through that, right? Casting down imagination we're going to think against what? What are these fighting about? What are they struggling with? It's against the knowledge of God in the earth. It's against you and I telling somebody else about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How many know the devil is opposed to the knowledge of God getting into somebody's ears? That's what they wrestle about. That's what this fight is about. That's what they struggle about. But how many know we've got the power and the weapons through Jesus Christ to pull down these things that oppose the knowledge of God? That they literally become barriers and obstacles from people discovering who God is. Think about it. The wrestling match isn't about you getting more money or being blessed. Or, and it's about the knowledge of God. Because the devil knows that if you get knowledge of God, you'll, be, you, you'll have the power of God. You'll have the wisdom of God. You'll understand who God is, how he operates. Come on, somebody. You'll understand the devil's tactics. You'll know how to beat him. If you get knowledge, he's in trouble. If Christians could get smart or if the world could get educated about God, his kingdom is coming down. His power is being, is being dissolved in the earth. Come on, somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying today? 
Amen? How many believe that? How many believe that the forces of darkness are fighting so hard against the knowledge of God? Keeping it from children, keeping it from teenagers, keeping it from families, keeping it from people just knowing who God is. Because if you know who God is, you'll know what love is, you'll know what mercy is, you'll know what grace is, you'll know what healing is, you'll know what forgiveness is, you'll know what strength is, you'll know what health is if you know who God is. So he's fighting and he's battling so hard against the knowledge of God in the earth. Amen. See, the knowledge of God is this. It's both the information of God and the revelation of God. How many know it's important, amen, that we fill our minds with the information of God? That word there means the science of God. When it talks about the knowledge of God, it talks about the science of God. Amen. How God, who God is. And, and it talks about the information. And it gives you the historical information. It gives you all kinds of information. How many know when you, when you fill your mind with the information of God, man, there's wisdom, there's strength, there's joy. Oh, wow, wow. I'm just filled with the information of God. How many love to fill your mind with the information of God? Amen. I encourage you to do that on a daily basis. Amen. Fill your mind and your heart and your soul with the information of God. I love that about the Bible. It's just all filled with the science of God, the information of God. What do I need to know about God? What's right here in the book? Amen. Someone said, well, I need to Google it first. No, we need to open the pages of the book first. That's where the knowledge of God is. That's where the science of God is, the information of God. And I love that. But it's, it, it's both the information and what? The revelation of who God is. How many are here today because you've had a revelation of who God is? I had a revelation of who God is at a young age, amen, that he was up in heaven, but then he became flesh and began to walk among us. And he healed people and he, and he loved people and he served and he gave his life in, on, a, on Calvary and he was whipped and beaten for my sin and my sickness and my disobedience. And he took on my sin. Come on, that's what, that's what I believe, right? We hear these things. And then he was buried and rose again and the Bible says he ascended into heaven and he's coming back again, amen. That's a revelation, isn't it? I said, that's a revelation, isn't it? Some of you are from a past that you used to pray five times to a God that can't hear you. But man, you got this revelation that Jesus is God. Some of you used to pray to some of the dead saints and pray to, to the, the, uh, Jesus' mother and some of his other relatives, amen. But you got a revelation that I don't need to go to a, a person in a little box. I can go right to God, amen, through Jesus Christ. Amen. We had that revelation. And how many believe that the knowledge of God is the revelation of God? You got a revelation. I'll never forget telling a, 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 it was a guy came to our shop and he would drive a truck. And so we, empty, we were unloading the truck. And as he was unloading, we were talking about Jesus. And do you know Jesus? And Jesus has saved me, delivered me. And, and uh, my boss and I, we prayed for him. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, I've heard of those things. You know, whatever, right? He goes, I'm, I'm a good person. I, I go to church every once in a while, right? And so uh, later on, we heard this testimony that when he left our shop, he began thinking about what we said. He began thinking about Jesus, he began to think about, well, I heard about Jesus. I, I saw some statues and some pictures and, and I kind of knew. And he got thinking about, about maybe I should pray to God. Maybe I should have a relationship with Jesus. And he said, all of a sudden it hit me. 
I don't need to go to a priest. I don't need to go to some church and I can go right to God. And he said, I had a revelation that I can pray to God because Jesus is God. I mean, that's a good revelation to have, amen. And he pulled the truck over and began to weep and cry and repent and said, Lord, if you'll just take me back, I'll serve you the rest of my, my life, amen. How many know that's good, amen? That's a good revelation to have. Amen, when you have the revelation that you are a sinner and you can't save yourself and there's nothing that you can do, no works that you can do, no money that you can give, no, come on, you can't save yourself. You're not holy by yourself. You're not good enough. You need a savior, don't you? Amen. You can't even approach God. You're not good enough. But through Jesus, you become good and righteous and holy before God. How many had that revelation? How many have ever had the revelation of God's love? How much? I mean how much he loves you. Not like someone that you grew up with, that they got mad at you and kicked you out of the house and they don't want anything to do with you. No, this is a God that gave you 50, 100,000 chances, amen. His mercy is brand new today. This is a God that loves you, that loves you, that loves you. How many have ever had that revelation, man? Like, wow, wow, I don't have to work for his love. He just loves me. Hello, Amen. And even, even in my sin, Jesus died for me, amen. Even when I was a sinner, God, he died. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, amen, in their sin, amen, that he gave them the plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. And so it's not just believing in God. It's receiving him as Lord and Savior. So you can believe in God all you want to, and that really wouldn't impact your life. That's good knowledge to have, but there is a knowledge that God wants to give people and the revelation of who he is and how much he loves him and his grace and all the, all the things that Calvary represented, the forgiveness of sins, come on, the cleansing of sins and the redemption of sin and the lifestyle of liberty and freedom through Jesus Christ. How many of you, that's a revelation, but that comes with, through the knowledge of God. When you hear about God, Romans chapter 10 says people need to believe in Jesus in order to go to heaven, in order to be saved. How many believe that? But he said, how in the world can people believe if they've never heard about him? How are people expected to know God if they don't ever heard about him? If there's nobody talking about him, nobody preaching about him, nobody singing about him. Amen. How are people going to know about the Lord? And so we see that in scriptures. Let me move on. So. It is against the knowledge of God. And I, I realized this so much that I thought, well, maybe it's against me being blessed. No, the, 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 the spirits of darkness and the powers of darkness are fighting against the knowledge of God in the earth. They're standing against it. Think about it. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow, for some of us, that's our testimony, isn't it? See, history has proven time and time again that it's the presence of the knowledge of God in any society that causes that society to remain strong and healthy. Think about something. From, from creation to the flood was nine generations. And in just nine generations, it took just nine generations for the knowledge of God to be removed from society. Hello? God didn't just make it rain and flood the earth because he felt like it. The Bible says because the sin that was in the earth was so great. And I want to say that one of the greatest sins that we could ever commit is rejecting Jesus Christ. 
the knowledge, you have knowledge of it. Somebody's telling you about it. You've heard about it all your life and you still say no. I mean, that's, that's, that is a sin and it's, it's a sorrowful sin and it's terrible. But think about it. It only took nine generations for the knowledge of God to be removed from society. Amen. Wow. In Romans chapter 1, Paul is writing and then he he begins to warn and talk about people that have rejected the Lord. And he says this, he said that even uh, people like this, he said even they did not retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. They to, the Bible says they turned the truth of God into a lie. Uh, the truth of God was before them. They could look out and see creation. They could see the trees. And in their conscience, they knew there was a God. He said, there is without excuse. There's no excuse because you can see the creation of God. You can see the mountains and the trees and all these things. And, you, and there's proof right there that there's a God. But people rejected that and they said, and because they didn't want to retain God and they refused and rejected the knowledge of God, that God gave them a a kind of a reprobate mind is what the King James says. Think about it. See, spiritual beings and human beings fight against God and the knowledge of God in the earth. How, How the Lord talks about how the, uh, Satan uh, flows through people and uses people to fight against the Lord, to fight against the knowledge of God in the earth. Think about it. Over the centuries, how people have had tried to stamp out Christianity and to, and to block you know, the knowledge of God and put up barriers from the knowledge of God. Amen. But I'm so thankful that, that God's word is more powerful, amen, than any barriers or obstacles that man can put up to block the knowledge of God. Amen. And you know, think about it. If the enemy comes against the knowledge of God, if this is what Paul is saying, that they, 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 they come against the knowledge of God, this is what they're fighting against. This is what they want to shut down and want to keep quiet is the knowledge of God. Guess what? If that's what the devil's doing, then guess what we need to be doing? We need to be promoting the knowledge of God. We need to be shouting, amen, the name of Jesus, who God is. We need to be running in our cities and we need going here and going there. Oh yes, that's right. Jesus told us to do that. Amen? So if the enemy's doing that, how many know that we've got to work hard to promote the knowledge of God, to expose people to who God is? Amen? Right? And so let's quickly move forward here that one of the things about the knowledge of God, when I think about the knowledge of God, right away I think about, well, is that me uh, going to, you know, somewhere in the Himalayas up high in a mountain and doing this meditation and then I just have this, it's downloaded, it's just like infused into my spine, uh, this knowledge. Yeah. Well, anyways, no, it's not that. What is it? The knowledge of God comes in the Word of God. How many believe in that? Amen. The knowledge of God is in the word of God because it is the revealing of God. The word of God is the, that revealing of God and that understanding of who God is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if we go back a little bit further than what our text was, so if we go back, it says this scripture talks about that when uh, in the Old Testament, when Moses saw the Lord, the Bible says the glory of the Lord was so radiant on his face. But there was something that he had to do. He had to put a veil over his face. In the Bible, we even sang a little bit about it today. There was a veil in the tabernacle over the presence of the Lord. Right? There was a veil. And it says that even today, even among the Jewish people that don't believe, there is a veil over their eyes. 
that they cannot see who Jesus is. But I love this. It says, it says that the day or the moment that people choose to believe in Jesus as the Messiah, the Bible says that veil is taken away. Think about it. And there's liberty and freedom. All of a sudden their eyes are open. How many know that's anybody that believes in Jesus Christ? But he's talking specifically to the Corinthian church here and he's saying it's still over the Jewish people that when they read the Torah and and all these things in the Old Testament, if they don't believe in Jesus, they can't see it. They're reading it, but they can't see it. There's a veil over their eyes. But how many know what the Bible says that whoever believes in the Lord, that veil is taken away. Amen. And all of a sudden, there is liberty. And I love this scripture. It says this, and the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's liberty, right? Back up. The Lord is that spirit. What spirit? The, the spirit of revelation of Jesus Christ. When you believe in Jesus and you believe in his word, there is a spirit of revelation, amen, that you understand and say, I I don't know everything about the Bible, but I believe that Jesus is the son of God. How many know Peter had that revelation? He said, Peter, who am I? Who do you you say I am? He said, uh, there's no doubt you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood had not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Why? Because that's the knowledge of God. Amen, filled his spirit, filled his heart that day. And so I love that. But if you read on in 2 Corinthians chapter four and go a little bit further, it says this is why it's important that we preach the gospel. Because if our gospel is hid, which is the knowledge of God, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to those who are lost, whom the God of this world had what? Blinded the minds of those that don't believe. But if they believe, the Bible says, and their heart is turned toward the Lord, amen, the light of the glorious gospel shines in their heart, amen. I love that about that scripture. And so one of the questions I, I began to, as I began to think about this, I asked, why is it that the enemy, why is it that Satan and all the forces fight so hard against the knowledge of God? Why is it that, that people set up barriers and walls against the knowledge of God? Why is it they want to make it, God's dead, it's not real, it's just a false religion, it's just another hoax, it's just, you know, why, why do people spend their whole life trying to, trying to prove that God does not exist? Think about it. Think about it. Why does that happen? Why, why does Paul tell us so many times in the word that we should grow in the knowledge of God? Think about it. And they're, they're in the reason is simple is because there's a supernatural power in the knowledge of God. There is a supernatural power in the knowledge of God. That's why it's important. Amen. How many know you can read any other book? But once you begin to read the Bible and you believe in the, in the word of God, there's something that you just get it. You understand there's a revel- there is a supernatural power. In fact, there's so much power in the knowledge of God that when you read and you hear that Jesus is your healer, you can be healed. Amen. When you read scriptures about God doing miracles, how many know God can do miracles in your life? Amen, because you believe what you read. And so let me just kind of wind down with this. And what is it that we are to tear down? Because the Bible gives us instructions that we are to cast down imaginations, right? What does that mean exactly? Well, if you read this and study this, very clear. And what is it that, that not only is the, the fight against, but what is it that Satan does? How does uh, he really stand against the knowledge? Well, the Bible says that there's a couple things. Number one, it's sophisticated arguments. It's philosophies that become a barrier against the knowledge of God. 
Think about it. So these are, these are sophisticated arguments. These are, these are arguments against God. These are arguments that keep people from knowing God. Also, the second thing is, as he makes plain, is it's intellectual arrogance. It's proud opinions that become an obstacle to people. Remember, he said, casting down imaginations. Well, that's philosophies and that's arguments against the knowledge of God. So you've got the knowledge of God there and people are going to argue against it. You got the knowledge of God there and people are going to be proud and they're going to deny it. Right? That's what he's talking about. How many know the Bible says we got to cast those down? You got to you got to tear those down the Bible says. Wow. Now remember it's not against people. Immediately you're thinking about that one person you want to go after on Facebook, right? He said it's not that. It's spiritual forces that set themselves above the knowledge of God. They want to be greater than the knowledge of God. And so if they're going to be greater than the knowledge of God, what do they have to do? They have to put down the knowledge of God. It's not a big deal. You can deconstruct. Maybe it's not what you think it is. Maybe you were lied to all your life. Jesus probably is just an imposter. He's probably just another teacher. How many know that's the kind of stuff that puts down the knowledge and lifts up false arguments? Anybody? Amen. And so intellectual arrogance and proud opinions... And the Bible says that we need to arrest these kind of thoughts. It's interesting if you really study this. He said it wasn't just in your own life. It was in other people. You're supposed to arrest those. Take captive those thoughts that people are speaking about. You're supposed to take those and stop those things and hinder those. Just hold it just a minute. What you're saying is going to stop other people from finding Jesus. That's what he's talking about. How many know I'm talking about, right? So arguments against God are anything prideful that pits itself against the knowledge of the one true God. That's what he's saying. Things that build up walls that keep people from finding God. And think about this. Pride is a sin of elevation. Every sin, or, or we could say of altitude. Pride is a sin of elevation. So any argument that is higher than the knowledge of God. Any opinion that's higher than the knowledge of God. Hello. Right? We're supposed to tear those down. Again, you're thinking about going on Facebook after this. No. He's talking about principalities and powers. This is what they do. They set themselves up. They lift themselves up. And how do they do? A lot of times they speak through people. Right? But remember, it's not the people that we're fighting against. It's the spirit that's operating in those people. It's the lies that are being told to in those people's ears. Amen. Amen. And so that's what he's saying. So pride is a sin of elevation. And Satan uses pride to set up obstacles so people can't be educated about God and, and won't do anything, uh, will do anything really to keep people from knowing the Lord. But here's the good news, and I'm closing with this. Here's the good news. The good news is, is that this may be our fight, but we're using God's weapons. This is what we need to focus on. This is our fight. We are in a fight, but we're not fighting against people. We're fighting against principalities and powers. And I'm not using my weapons, my intellect, come on, my reasoning. I'm using the weapons of God. Hello? My, my, because the Bible makes it, my weapons don't work. Ours are carnal. Ours are fleshly. They don't work, right? Trying to go beat somebody up. That doesn't work. That just doesn't work. Trying to beat somebody over the head with truth, that doesn't work. You can't look at it like that. You've got to look at it like what I'm about ready to say is going to tear down strongholds because I'm going to speak the word of God by faith and I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. 
because I want to educate people on who God is, what he said, how good he is, and his personality. Come on, we're going to educate people on, the, uh, on who God is. Amen. And so I want to just encourage you that, um, and, and I want to read from verses three and four in another translation in closing. It says this of our text, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, it is true that I'm an ordinary, weak human being. But I don't use human plans and methods to win my battles. I use God's mighty weapons, not those made by men to knock down the devil's strong, or I, not by men, but those to use to knock down the devil's strongholds. And then in verse five, these weapons can break down every proud argument against God and every wall that can be built up to keep people from finding him. How many know this is our mission? This is our mission when it comes to the word of God. And so I want to encourage you today that people may be fighting with you, but that's not who you're fighting really with. Amen. Because you've got a weapon that wins. You've got, you've got things at your disposal God has given us, amen, that are greater than the opposition to the knowledge of God. Right now, there is a, a, a barrage, an onslaught of what I'm going to call spiritual darkness and satanic forces against the children of our generation. Does anybody agree with that? Amen, right? But how many know our weapons aren't gonna go, we're not gonna have to go and, I mean, maybe you'll stand before a school board and declare some things, that's, I get it. But how many know our real fight is in the heavenlies? Our real fight is against spiritual wickedness. Anybody believe that? And how many believe furthermore that this is not about my weapons and what I can do, but it's through God to the pulling down of strongholds. His weapons are mighty. His word is mighty. Come on, prayer is mighty. Praise and worship is mighty, right? Come on, witnessing and preaching the gospel. That tears down strongholds. When I educate people about who God is, when I don't just talk about Easter, but I talk about the resurrected Savior, it educates people, and they have the opportunity to find out who God is. Amen. It enlightens them. It it turns the light on. And there is an awesome opportunity for people to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Christ. I love that about the the word of God. See, one of our greatest weapons against Satan is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so fought against. That's why it's so hated. Amen. In demonic circles. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact that Jesus came, amen, as God came in flesh in so much love and so much mercy, when the devil thought he had, amen, a hand on this, God said, I've got a better plan. (laughs) I've got a plan to save everybody. I've got a plan to rescue people from hell. I've got a plan that goes beyond every opposition, every spiritual force, every lie of the devil, every tactic of Satan. He said, I've got something made better, much stronger, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many know there's power in the gospel? There's power in the gospel. And so our greatest weapon against Satan is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why you're so intimidated to share it. That's why you're so afraid. That's why people will come against you so much when you begin to preach about Jesus because there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's power in the education of who Jesus is. Amen? I believe it. And so I want to encourage you today that one of the things that, again, it's our greatest weapon is not against people, but it's against Satan, it's against the force of darkness because here's why, it reveals God to the world and offers people salvation. That's why it's so amazing. That's why it's so powerful. 
That's why we as the church, we can't sit silent today and thank God there's so many of you that are addressing social issues and, and, and God's giving you so much wisdom and there's so much truth out there. I appreciate that. I love that. But how many know we're not just coming at this from our own reasoning, our own standpoint, but it's from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? So that men can be saved by what we say. Men can be saved by what we reveal of God, what we talk about God, and that they know about God. I believe that even atheists, even if you were just to talk to them and maybe even have an argument with them, you've just, you just acknowledge Jesus Christ. You've just exposed them to the truth. Amen. And that'll work on their heart. Amen. And I honestly believe that. And so the gospel is the message of God from the word of God. And that message brings healing and deliverance and freedom and salvation. That's why it's so important that we do not be cowardly about the gospel we speak boldly of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation amen that we're not ashamed of Jesus we're not ashamed of the gospel you don't have to tell people about your church but we are commanded to tell people about Jesus amen and so today my my challenge in my in my heart is that Lord that I will tear down strongholds not fighting with people but telling people the good news of Jesus Christ because at the same time that you're telling people the good news and the glorious news of Jesus Christ, you're tearing down strongholds at the same time. The devil hates that. It destroys his kingdom. It takes his feet out from under him. Come on, it exposes his lies when you bring salvation, healing, amen, and deliverance to a lost soul. Amen, how many believe that? How many believe that, amen? How many God's word works that way, amen? Can we stand on our feet today and give God a cheer? Amen for his truth today. Come on, can we put our hands together and just thank God for the knowledge that he's given us of God in the earth today? Amen. You know, the Bible says that God said, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I'm still standing on that promise. I'm understanding on that promise for William Sport. Amen. All of Williamsport is going to hear about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I'm not going to be silent about it. And I'm not going to let Satan do what he wants to do. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. Amen. I'm going to educate people about God. I'm going to let them know about the Bible. I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. Amen. Because it exposes them to the light, to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And today, I don't know what you're going through or where you're at, but... I just want you to ask this question, what's keeping you from coming to Jesus? What's the obstacle, the barrier that's keeping you from coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Maybe you're a part of a group and, and you've just listened to so many uh, YouTube videos about uh, you know, disproving the Bible and trying to disprove Jesus and trying to expose Christianity for the false religion that it is. Listen, you need to get away from that and come to God and say, Lord, Amen, I want you to show me who you really are. And if you're God, you're gonna show me. Come on, I want you to challenge you to, if you've never picked up a Bible and opened the Bible, just start reading about who Jesus is. And I wanna challenge you to do that. And whatever's keeping you from Jesus Christ today, I want you to break through that barrier. Say, Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that your word is real and true. And I believe, Lord, that you are my healer, my deliverer, my salvation. I embrace you fully today. Is there anybody here today, amen, that you'll just slip your hand up and say, I need Jesus Christ in my life. Come on, for the first time. Is there anybody here? Maybe for the first time, I'm not a believer, but I believe in Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here? 
amen, today under the sound of my voice. I want to be a believer in Jesus. I, I accept the knowledge of God. Is there anybody here? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you today that you are so amazing. You're so awesome. Your word is so true. And Lord, I just believe in it. And, and what I believe is, is louder than what the culture says about you. What your word declares is greater and stronger than when any lie that anybody tries to fabricate about you. Lord, you're the knowledge of Jesus Christ is greater. That power is greater than any opposition from the devil. Any satanic force, all, uh, every, every power, every demonic spirit has to bow, has, is crumbling down at the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So Lord, help me be equipped with your knowledge this week. Help me equip my spirit, my heart, my life, my family with the knowledge of Jesus, with the knowledge of God. And then Lord, help me tell somebody else about you this week. Expose them to the light. Let them, let them have that opportunity to believe in Jesus. Give them that opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, maybe lay hands on somebody and see your healing power work through their life, even if they don't believe in you. We just pray for those opportunities, Lord, that we'll have an opportunity to bring somebody to the knowledge of Jesus Christ this week, whether it's online or grocery store, wherever we are, we just pray that we're going to, Lord, declare Jesus Christ and the knowledge of God in the earth today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen.